Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes. I'm Jack Kolodzewski, joined today by Mike Burge. Hello. Hi, Mike. Hi. How you doing? I'm very well. How are you? Good. We just saw a movie. What we see, Mike? Today, we saw Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Yes. Uh, just released tonight. Mm-hmm. First night out, first showing, caught it. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Uh, I liked it. I thought it was all right. You thought it was all right? I thought it was all right. Yeah, I uh, also... I thought it was okay. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, you know, not breaking into anything straight away. I know how you like to run this uh, a little a little close to the chest for the first little bit. No spoilers and stuff. I'll say that uh, positives right up front. Um, I, I had fun watching it. Yeah. It's... That was just a general, like, every time I would think of something that I wasn't digging in a particular scene or... There's a couple of things that we'll get into later on that were very close to the beginning of the film that stuck with me throughout it, and it yeah, kept I definitely want to picking dig into at me. That more, yeah, and it was definitely a movie that there's a lot of judgment going into this movie. Oh yeah, regardless of who you are, and I think we're gonna dig into that too. Yeah, you know, with the DC movie universe being what it is up to this point, this was a this was a make or break kind of deal for sure. And it's very hard as somebody watching a movie, especially somebody who's like planning on critiquing that movie shortly after, it's very hard to get immersed in in what the movie's trying to do. And I was actually very surprised at how easily I was able to kind of fall back in love with the movie from time to time. Yeah, definitely. I, and I, I agree with you there. There's a lot riding on this movie and there's a lot of context going into it. Um, but I think as far as like just treating it as a summer blockbuster, it... It does that pretty yeah. well. It's it's a, it's a pretty good uh, throwback to like uh, I was getting a lot of uh, uh, Spider Man Sam Raimi Spider Man vibes yep. from this, where yeah, it was definitely. very just kind of simple. Uh, you know, you got you got a pretty good pretty good person, and there's a pretty bad person right. who's pretty much the antithesis of everything that that person is. Those make the really best superhero origin stories. Yeah. I would, yeah, I agree. Uh, it is, and it is one of those. It's a superhero origin story, mm-hmm. and at this point, we've been through so many different superheroes, mm-hmm. be it DC or Marvel, that we've kind of seen this layout for a superhero origin story. Like the obvious comparison is, you know, this takes place primarily during World War One. Mm-hmm. Pretty reminiscent of the first Captain America taking place. Very during- much so. I mean, and I honestly, I don't know how much of it was on purpose, but uh, casting Chris Pine as the uh, second role, you know, like the 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 the, the love interest, right. um, who's somebody that's always cr- like closely compared to like Chris Pat or Chris Evans, who right. played Captain America. The there's a lot of um, there's a lot of different little things in Wonder Woman that play heavily off of Captain America, the first Avenger. Right. Uh, and uh, they do it with pretty swimming colors. I would say so I as was well, yeah. very hesitant about the placement of it because, yeah, it would make sense to put it in World War One. It's the Great War, the war to end all wars. The movie is about war and what it means to people who are warriors, what it means to man. And putting that in World War One, that's the obvious choice to do. Uh, I will say that sometimes there was one joke in particular. Hold on, before you get okay. to like, let's, yeah, yeah, specific, yeah. let's let's keep like kind of uh, hashing it out, throwing it out there, yeah, like generally about the movie, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, because I, I, like I said, I I have not, I haven't seen Batman versus Superman. Good for you. That's, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm you're, holding you're out on that ones. one uh, for as long as I can. Okay. I have not seen Suicide Squad. 
I have seen that movie makes me laugh. Clearly. Oh boy. Uh Joker's rubbing off on you on that one. Oh, um God. Uh I have I have seen uh Man of Steel. Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Was there a second one of those movies? No, it's just no, the one. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, the Batman vs. Superman is supposed to be a sequel to Man of Steel, but right. it's very much a Batman movie, and sure. Superman is okay. kind of shoehorned in because Zack Snyder hates hates Superman for some reason. Superman is this is a different conversation. But... Superman, no, this is this is the conversation okay, for that. Superman, I mean, this Superman is, is fucking boring. No, Superman has been has been portrayed boringly in film. Okay. Superman from the comics. Okay, yeah, as someone like who has not read Superman Yeah, like comics. Superman is is one of the best characters ever. There's a reason why he's one of the most, one of the heaviest icons that we have. And it's been, you know, diluted into, you know, Superman is not made to be broken down the way superheroes are being broken down now to tell these kind of like these new dark retrospectives on characters by taking certain, certain characteristics of them and breaking them down to like, why do they do what they do? What makes them want to do this? Superman's not about that. Superman is good for the sake of good. Uh, he just wants to do good, whether or not people deserve it or not. And that can be his downfall from time to time. That's a lot of his villains are bad for the sake of bad. And Which I think in the, the age of superhero movies that we have right now, that doesn't play as well. It doesn't play as well, especially when you've got somebody steering the Superman ship that absolutely... Like, first, I do believe that uh, Zack Snyder does not like Superman. Like, he doesn't like the character. Uh, I think that he tried to change it. And I've said about Man of Steel before, Man of Steel would be a great superhero movie if it wasn't about Superman. Because it's not about Superman. Right. They name him Superman. They give characters certain names, but no, none of the characters act in any way like those characters are supposed to be to the point where they become completely different characters. Jonathan Kent in Man of Steel, played by Kevin Costner, mm-hmm. is not John Kent at all. Right. John Kent is Superman without the powers. He is good for the sake of good. He's a good guy and he knows the troubles of the world and he tries to teach his son about that, but he's never telling him not to go. Not he's like you're going to do people. great things one day, but right. you need to wait. Like you need to you need to learn about the world and understand what it is and understand what it is you're going to be fighting for because you're going to do great things. Not you're going to get fucking caught. Be careful, man. Like it's 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 a complete disrespect to one of the best uh, parent figures in all of comics, not just DC. It's like he's right up there with like Uncle Ben for Spider-Man. Like they're these two characters that are taken very quickly, yet they they resonate through everything that makes those characters special. So generally going into this movie, you clearly feel passionately about how Man of Steel went. And I'm sure there's a lot more to be said about the other present DC movies. But this movie had a lot going against it. it so far, much, yeah. the DC universe or what they've tried what warner brothers has tried to establish as the dc universe mm. uh in a c- cinematic context has fallen completely flat um they haven't really made much money from these movies oh, God, poor guys uh, i think they probably compared to the budget i don't actually know the numbers but mm-hmm. i'm guessing they're not performing as well as no and that's to. one of the that's one of the taboos of this movie too is the obvious um feminist qualities to it Right. And the obvious push to get a, you know, the first female superhero lead driven like movie. Right. And DC got it, you know, like Marvel has always been toying with like the Black Widow or any of the many 
strong female characters that they have that they've mm-hmm. already like established in the Marvel universe. We don't even really need their backstory. You can just grow on it. Like I, I do not think that it is uh, hyperbole or anything to say that a Black Widow movie would probably fucking kick ass if done right. Right, and the closest you know? thing Marvel has done is Jessica Jones. Right, absolutely, they they and that was over. that was they pulled that off at flying colors, right. you know. Yeah. And but like the the movie, the the man, the title of the first people that like tackle the female superhero led movie is DC, and I think they really pulled it off, and it 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 felt like maybe this was a cash grab that maybe that they were doing the right thing for the wrong reasons that they were trying to get there first. Cause the film feels rushed and leading up to the film, it felt very rushed. The film right. came together very came quickly. It came out of nowhere. This is a character that we've already seen established, however, briefly in Batman versus Superman. And we don't really understand where she's coming from in that. And she just kind of seems like, a little bit of a dick in the movie, but everybody seems like a dick in that movie. Like, there's no good people in that movie. In uh, in Batman versus Batman Superman, versus she Superman. seems a little bit like a dick. Right. Uh, but now we get to go back and get to see how she became a dick, I guess. Right. Um, but she's not a dick in this movie, like at all. Like, there's really there's there's hints of who she well, is. There's a lot in of- Batman versus Superman throughout this movie, and I'm really gonna be interested in to see where. Zack Snyder takes the character in Justice League, which is coming out just at the end of the summer or November. It's coming out in November. Supposedly. Supposedly right now. Yeah. And it's, uh, I'm really interested to see where he's going to go now that it's back in his field. You know, he, he's got a story credit on it, but I mean, story credits only go so far. Who knows exactly how much he got. It's pretty much, sometimes it can be an over glorified, uh, kind of producing role where like they've got some says, on the production of it and the pre-production and, and and post and everything like that. But I don't really think that he had too much of a hand in this. It doesn't feel like it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a little, yeah. I, like, it does not feel, and, 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 uh, and Patty Jenkins too, like did a phenomenal job. Uh, I didn't know that she would be able to pull some stuff like this off, like the fight scenes and everything. The yeah. fight scenes look great. A little bit of weird CGI in there. I... Yeah, but the fight scenes I think are really are really uh, they're they're set up well, they're executed well. So I think actually the the fight scenes are probably the the weakest part of this movie, and and we'll probably dig into this more mm-hmm. once we kind of cross that threshold into yeah, yeah. P- past our initial impressions. But as far as what I really liked about this movie, Gal Gadot I think and Chris Pine mm. play off of each other so Fucking so well. amazing. Um, they are amazing in this movie. They are. They have great chemistry together. Chris Pine absolutely like kills it mm-hmm. on screen. But Gal Gadot plays off of his. Yeah, she's definitely the of weaker character. of the two, acting wise. And you can see her like it. It's very obvious that she's stumbling through some of these scenes. Right. And but I mean, her character as Wonder Woman, as a as an Amazonian, it, it who was feeds raised, to that. Who was raised it, yes, on absolutely. What the hell is the yeah. name of the actual island? I don't know. Amazonia. Amazonia. Uh, She is sheltered from the world, and she is kind of supposed to be stumbling through the world because she has no idea what the what the greater world is. It lends it to that. And I also feel that the movie becomes a lot stronger as soon as she meets Chris Pine. She has his character to play Mm -hmm. off of her sense of wonder of the world, if you'll allow me that. And once she breaks out of Amazonia, whatever. Again, I don't Mm -hmm. actually know the name of the island, but. uh, the movie kind of like hits its stride at that point, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't I the actual like origin origin of her on on the island mm-hmm. growing up I don't think was as strong. I uh and this is not spoiler territory. I I don't like I like what I see on the island. The transition mm-hmm. I don't like. And that's one of the things about the movie that I really didn't like and time and time again they weren't placing the correct uh they weren't placing the correct threads throughout the movie or the scenes prior to big moments. Right. And the big moments weren't paying off in the way that they were supposed to. You can it, it's exactly what happens with Han Solo crossing that bridge in The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. You can tell this is supposed to be an iconic moment. This is supposed to be intense. You're not supposed to know what you're going to feel. You don't know what's going to happen, but you kind of know what's going to happen. You hope it doesn't. And when it does, it's supposed to give you this kind of sense of like the tension is, the tension has been released, but at what cost? Right. And from the very moment, they miss every single beat, every single mark to make that moment effective. And in Wonder Woman, they have a couple of moments like that and they're big moments. And they lose their traction and they and the characters lose a little bit of the love that we are supposed to be gaining for them in those moments. And then when bigger moments happen later, we're not there yet. We're, we don't care about these characters enough. Right. The, the, the scene to scene transitional pacing does seem a little bit. Clunky. The pacing is all off in this movie. That's the biggest but problem I have with it. When the movie gets settled into oh, a scene yes. and the characters have a little bit of time to play off of each other and they shine a little bit of light on character to character interaction and development i think that's where it actually really shines especially between gal gadot and chris pine but also the all the supporting cast as well i really liked um his kind of chris pine's like kind of uh the howling commandos band of of soldiers Mm -hmm. yeah yeah is that that an actual that's no that's uh the guys from captain america the first Ah, right okay i mean come on that's the most obvious thing right there it's like like, whoa guys Planning it as like a small team doing a, a kind of heist thing has become a very uh, go-to kind of plot device mm-hmm. in movies like this. And it works because you have a small team doing a big job mm-hmm. that is exciting. And you have you can focus on a small number of characters. Right. And I really think they do flesh out those characters They nicely. flesh them out just enough where it, like you care about them. And, you know, there's like a... I, I was toying around with it in my head, and I think I got it pretty good. I mean, they all kind of they, they 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 even say it in the movie at one point, uh, without giving anything away that that like everybody's got their fight. That's a scene I, I really everybody's talk fighting about in detail, for something. Actually. Yeah, and it's 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 a really powerful scene that's got a very strong message that speaks to the what everybody's getting mad about with this movie. You know, Alamo right. Draft House. God bless their goddamn oh, yeah. little souls. Did a woman only. And did a woman-only screening of Wonder Woman, sold out like almost immediately, so did another one. I think they're doing even more. And that's absolutely awesome. And I get being mad at that because I would love to be in that room when a room full of women watch Wonder Woman after seeing this movie. Especially at the draft house. I'd love to just be a little fly. Exactly. That's going to be a great That's got to be absolutely amazing. And it's the reasons that these guys are getting mad about it, though, is it's it's a complete misunderstanding. It's for the wrong reasons. It's a complete misunderstanding of what they're doing. Right. And I, I, I feel so silly even, like, explaining it. If you don't get why it's wrong to complain about that... I got nothing for you. Yeah, that's... I'm sorry. Uh, you can, like, private message me yeah. and we'll talk about it. I'd love to help. But... Um, These are complex feelings. This is this is, this is a movie that's very... 
from that from that angle of feminism and uh you are strong even though you are a woman you may even be stronger these these messages being set to everybody through that moment that we were talking about earlier where everybody's got their fight right you know everybody's got their fight whether it's some form of uh, racism or whether it's uh, some form of like f- even fighting with yourself and thinking that you're not good enough for everybody else right. or um, fighting with your past and and not being able to be the person that you used to be. There's all these layers on there um, that they throw into like with just a couple sentences. Right. Just, and I think they really, lines. they really, they earn that and they do that well. And yeah. they, that's based on strong supporting characters and strong lead characters. Mm-hmm. And I think also to the uh, the three characters, well, the four characters that are with uh, Diana through most of this movie, um, stand for different aspects of man's uh, larger consciousness. You know, it stands for our our honesty and our bravery and our confidence and um, our our depression and our sadness in and like uh, our are sometimes inability to have like confidence in ourselves. So confidence and like not being confident. Right. Uh, all these characters kind of stand in uh, to teach their own certain lesson to Diana and they do it in very organic ways where you may not even notice that that's the lesson that Diana's learning. And these are all like just kind of peppered in between big uh, action moments that are actually well-deserved, well-executed and just like a lot of fun to watch. Right. Right. And I think that, um, you know, the themes that they are playing off in this movie do actually land in most cases. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a pretty, it's a pretty simple one. It is. It is pretty simple, but they, I think they layer on some, some complexity there, mm-hmm. you know, setting it around World War One. World War One is not the cut and dry war that World War Two was. Mm-hmm. In World War Two, you have a pretty, you know, right. history, you know, goes to the victor, but Nazi Germans were pretty doing some pretty. They were being pretty. pretty dicks. I think they're the world dicks. agrees with this. At this dicks. point, they were mm-hmm. pretty evil at that time and place. World War One is not that cut and dry, no. and I liked how the movie handled that conflict in a way that was not so cut and yeah. dry. And in fact, they set the movie around the time period where they are trying to form the, the armistice. armistice. Yeah, um, and I like that because it, you have both sides kind of playing for peace, and at the heart of that, you have the conflict of of humanity whether they're inherently good or not or somewhere in between and for wonder woman she was raised on this belief that they are inherently good but corrupted by evil corrupted by um the god of war aries aries yes um so she has this she she goes out into the world she gets off the island with this very simple cut and dry worldview and through her experiences with chris pine's character and his uh, band of soldiers she sort of learns like you said these more complex lessons of the shades of gray of humanity mm-hmm. um, and I I thought that they they pulled all those themes off yeah really uh, well one of the things that makes Wonder Woman s- such an icon like Superman and like Spider-Man uh, you know like all of these characters have their thing you know superman is is just like his good for the sake of goodness right. he's just he's an all-american I- good guy yeah, yeah. yeah and you know uh spider-man has his great responsibility and it's being responsible for your actions and if you can help help batman has dead parents batman's got dead parents everybody's got dead parents right. um wonder woman's very big thing is that she is a fully capable 
brutal warrior, mm-hmm. but she has compassion uh, that is unknown to all the other members of the Justice League or even all the other members of the DC universe. She is compassionate and like sometimes to a fault, but that's what makes interesting characters. Right. But she has this level of compassion to her that is, I think that is her most defining attribute. It's not her lasso of truth. It's not her bracelets. It's not her sword or a shield or a headband or her really cool outfit in this movie sense. That outfit is awesome. That's right. great. Right. Uh, it's her compassion and it's the, it's that she can look at everything and she can, she can feel for every single person. She can understand where everyone is coming from. And when people are being dispassionate, she is enraged by it. And that's right. when the warrior comes out and she can't, she doesn't understand in this sense of the movie, she doesn't understand why nobody wants to help. Right. Why everybody is just okay with fighting one another. And like she's she, constantly fighting that. And she's constantly fighting that throughout the movie, trying to understand, like she's fighting back from like what she, what everybody believes she should be doing as a woman in that time. Right. In that case, she's constantly fighting back against that. And she's also fighting against these bigger themes of man. She's fighting against man. And then she's fighting against mankind. Capital M man. Capital M man. Yeah. yeah like, and she's fighting against the idea that we, you know, have, we believe that fighting is the only way to solve anything. Right. And to have somebody who is the most fully capable fighter in the room saying, no, we don't need to fight is a very strong message. And having that, having that character be a woman is even stronger. Right. Especially in that time period. Like, and that's again, another reason why world war one works perfectly for the themes of this movie. Right. And it brings up a lot of, uh, I I think the, uh, another, uh, very strong aspect of this movie is its sense of humor because there is it's funny it's a funny movie there were some pretty big laughs throughout the theater Mm -hmm. that we saw and we saw it in mostly it's pretty packed it's pretty packed theater a pretty good turnout but uh yeah there were plenty of laugh out loud moments throughout Mm -hmm. um especially you know them chris pine and her playing off of each other um and i like i also really like how you know wonder woman is portrayed as someone who's completely um it doesn't have any sort of experience with this with this world, but she's still informed and capable. You know, yeah. as she as knows an what she needs to know. She has studied. She knows every language mm-hmm. under the sun. She's read all about the pleasure of the of the, of the flesh. She's mm-hmm. she's not completely aloof. She's just hasn't experienced the the outside world as it exists mm-hmm. currently. And I like to. Uh, you know, in the beginning of the movie, you know, it, we're not really shown how much time is passing. Yeah, we're not, right. we're not, there's no explanation to, uh, how fast or slow she ages. Diana ages. Yes. There's no, t- there, we're never told how long has it been since the big event that put all of this into motion that right. they talk about. Um, we're never given that. So we don't really know how old, um, all of these Amazonian characters are, or right. even the God characters. We don't know. And that kind of leaving out that information isn't like, it never falls under plot hole, which it very much could if they started focusing on the wrong things about these characters. Right. You know, but I really like that that also lends itself to having the Amazonians are all um, women in their in their uh, later years. Yeah. 40s and 50s. Sure. Uh, uh, yeah. Mostly, I mean, some mostly. Are, some seem younger. But some yeah, seem younger, but seem... most of them are that. And most of them are um, women of color. Right. And this is another thing that lends itself 
to what the themes of this movie overall are. You might be walking into the movie thinking this is going to be a movie that's going to throw me, you know, some like women empowerment nonsense, which fuck you. It's not nonsense. And they kind of approach everything right from that angle and kind of bring everything in and make it inclusive and again going back to that line which i think is slowly becoming my favorite line of the movie it's like everybody's got their fight oh it's the best line it's, of the movie it's it's, no it's doubt. just it it lands right before the third act um and it just it just, just nails let's just everything talk about home. that scene like if if uh you're still listening and you you know want a spoiler free experience Cut it off here. We've gone on actually a lot longer than we usually do on a hot take ah. without doing any spoilers. So I talk a lot. Sorry. Yes, you do, but that's okay. You have good things to say. Um, so let's let's dig into that scene because that was definitely among my favorite scenes in the movie. Um, in that scene, we kind of have like a break um, in the action where they're headed to the front, um, and at this point, they've got their their band. Of soldiers and they're they're ready to take on the mission to stop the German general from from uh, distributing this gas and killing loads of people. Mm-hmm. But they they pause to kind of like reflect, and I, I like this a lot. But um, Diana is talking to one of Chris Pine's soldiers, mm-hmm. uh, whose character's name is Samir. The actor's Samir. name. I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck up this pronunciation. I apologize. Oh, what is but it? Saeed. Tugmai? Sure. Tugmawe? Yeah. I don't know. Where is he from? Uh, he was born... Uh, born in France? In France. To Moroccan To Moroccan France. families? Mm-hmm. It's a Moroccan name? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, of Lost ahead. Fame. Yeah, of Lost Fame. Mm-hmm. Of, Played Caesar on yeah, Lost. Caesar yes, on Lost. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah that my guy. My favorite character, Caesar. Uh, yeah, he steals the show in a lot of the scenes. He really does. Uh, and... His introduction is probably, probably the most interesting of the... Uh, yeah. You know the the you and you and Bremner uh, Spud Spud from Train Spotting is yes. in it, um, and he's got a great entrance. Uh, Spud has a good entrance. The guy who plays the uh, Native American though, that chief. comes in last, the chief. Uh, yes. I gotta tell you, man, he's dropping some of those lines. Yeah. When he was... first shows up, it was a little intense because uh, I know that uh, Gal Gadot is not uh, 100% great at the old English game. Uh, we've right. yeah, she's gotten a lot better over the years Definitely. since her Fast and Furious yeah. days. She's come a long um, way since. Fast you can kind of tell, like in the scenes with her and Chris Pine, where Chris Pine is obviously throwing some shit off a wall and seeing what sticks. Right. And she's like acting and improvising with him that she's kind of doing some stuff that really don't fall in line right. with the character that we've been established so far. There's this moment where they're um, joking around about fucking each other on a boat. Right. Um, that was also one of my favorite It's scenes. a very good scene and it's, yeah. it plays very well. Um, and they get to a part where uh, Chris Pine finally lays down next to her and uh, they're just laying down to go to sleep. And she's and like he's obviously he's throwing some chaplain in there. He's doing oh, some yeah. body language and just kind of messing around. And you see her start to like feed off of that. Yeah, and she like starts tapping, tapping her, her fingers, fingers uh-huh. and she does like the whole like kind of thing. Like, what are we going to do? And she's uh-huh. got like her, her like cheek on her palm, like kind of like that. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, yeah, at, that wasn't Diana Prince. That wasn't Wonder Woman. That was Gal Gadot acting on a set. Right. And it was a very distracting moment for me. And it brought me back to 
the things in the beginning of the film which were really pissing me off. Oh, let's get into those. We'll get yeah. into that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, but they, we'll come back to the scene. We'll come back to the yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. let's talk about uh, this movie being shoehorned, bookended, uh, with uh, in, into a scene that has no purpose other than establishing oh. a picture that's taken right somewhere it's, in the movie all it is is connecting her to bruce wayne it makes that's no it. sense it's like hey this it, is in the we already know League. that they know each other yeah i know and i guess establishing like it's after that fact okay i guess i think that picture actually is from batman versus superman like he finds it at some point or something it's in there because chris oh, okay. pine's face is like in that movie i think Maybe I'm thinking of a trailer or something. Listen, I I'll believe know. anything you tell me right. about Batman vs. <laughs> yeah. Superman. You, uh, you better. Uh, and then it ends with her like flying off of a bell tower to go fight something we can't even see. Oh, that sucked. And it's very weird. That was a very, very weird, weird. end of the movie. And it's things like that, again, like they don't hit their mark. That moment would have been fucking awesome if threads had been put into place to pull that together, to, to make it work. Right. If maybe in the beginning they had established in the, a reason in the for beginning, her to jump off the bell tower, but like she's just in the loop. Like just show us out. something. It didn't look. Maybe I missed it. Maybe there was something going on over there. I just so. didn't notice. I don't think so. But in the beginning of the movie, the transition into her being a kid uh, is just kind of really wonky and weird for a moment. It just feels like it was done on fucking like Apple, like iMovie, mm-hmm. like Apple Movie. It, it it doesn't seem right. But the biggest problem that I have with the movie. And it comes so early on that I couldn't help but keep thinking about it because it's a really big deal. Is we are shown Diana and she's young and she wants to train. And her mom's like, you can't train. And her aunt is like, I'll train you on the side. Yeah. And then we see her when she's a teenager. She's still getting some training in. Mom shows up. Hey, not supposed to be doing that. I'm sorry, mom. You shouldn't be teaching her. You know that we should. Not yet. And... All right, we're gonna train her, and you're gonna train her hard and better than everybody five else. Harder. Five times, ten, ten times, times harder. harder, a gazillion just, times Just gonna harder. keep training her, and then we get to this moment, and the and the, the scene is working great. It's building up this moment of the reveal of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, even without again, she doesn't need the costume or the sword or anything. Right, she's just Wonder Woman, and we get the reveal, and she's fighting. And then she does this big thing. Telekinetic blast. Telekinetic thing. blast that like blows everybody away and everybody's a little worried. Right. And they're like, oh shit. Like, oh man, like what did you do? And she runs away. And she, and I knew that it was coming from watching the trailers. I was like, don't fucking do this. She runs away and immediately Chris Pine's plane crashes. Right. Moments after that. Like these are There's people no... who have been living like for a long time and they have been like, here's the things that we're super nervous about. War coming to us. Right. And uh, Diana finding out that she's got powers. And they literally happen not on just the same day. The... They happen within the same four minutes. Right. And it's a little jarring. Um, well, they they maybe they could have done it in a way that wasn't as jarring, but it's literally like it happens. She runs away. She's at a cliff. She's crying. She gets a little happy. Chris Pine crashes. She saves him. Guys show up. They fight Cue each other. Rest of movie. It just but, happens so quickly. Yeah, they don't really give any time to breathe. They don't give, and that's again like that's the pacing. That, and there's elements yeah. of this throughout the whole movie where they just they they're just not taking their time because I think they've got a lot they want to get in, and the things they want to get in are good. But I think that a lot of the things that are in it end up not being as good as they could have been because right. they're trying to put so much in, because they're trying to rush it. 
I agree. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have wanted the movie to be any longer, but mm. certainly... It was I, actually a pretty good length. I, I would think the, um, the, the first, that first bit of the move chunk of the movie where they are on the island and you are going through that training montage is probably the, the clumsiest because it is yeah, more or little, less humorless weird uh but i um, dig it i'm into shit like that yeah, I, don't I like that kind of like otherworldly it reminded me a lot of uh and i know for a fact that this has been pointed out i haven't i haven't been able to read any any reviews yet uh, for one of them, because I've been holding off until I saw it myself, because I knew it was going to be kind of a weird well, one. I can I can see people falling on either side on this one. Well, so I again, I don't really care about the the DC universe at all, mm-hmm. and they've really been struggling to put together a movie that that works in the even in like the slightest all, way, the slightest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this movie came, like you said, pretty much out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It came out really quickly and came out to complete like rave reviews i think it's sitting at like 97 percent on rotten tomatoes is it really yeah which that is surprises insane. me so i did not as really much as i like it i last, feel like the last trailer that they put out for this movie which i think i saw probably before i don't know fast and the furious or something like that was the first one and they showed a bit more of her kind of interacting with chris pine and like and and showed a bit more of the humor there therein that was the first time I was like, okay, maybe there's something, there's going to be something to this movie. Chris Pine kills it. He really does. He um, but to see the review embargo go up earlier this week and it just be completely across the board. Yeah. See, I try to stay away from that with reviews. big movies. It, I didn't go deep into reading anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's fine. But just to see a positive reception across the board. Was I mean, really... like I saw some positive reception. Obviously, you can't. Reading uh, movie sites and stuff like that, you can't really bounce around. Like my phone is just made to tell me like how are movies doing. Like yeah. it just tells me that. What's going on with movies? So it's what's going on with movies. Phone. Um, I I saw that it was getting good reviews and I was really happy, but I never believe. You know, it's not about uh, like a five star rating or a percentage. It's about the words and how. Right. The how the writer can articulate what's good about that that really sells me. But generally, and like if they liked a movie or not. Generally, and this is why I like Rotten Tomatoes. Generally, if most people are pos are have positive feelings on a movie, there's got to be something in there that's right. Good, well, right again, there's something in every movie. Unfortunately, that's worth it. Well, wait until you see Alien Covenant and uh, Ugh, you, you poor boy. Um, oh, but I didn't finish my thought there before about movie websites and not reading them. Uh, and I guarantee people have already made this comparison. Um, the beginning of Wonder Woman feels very much like Richard Donner's Superman, the beginning of that, where we are on Krypton for quite some time right. in this kind of other world. And then Zack Snyder's Superman? No, Richard Donner's Superman with Christopher Reeve. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because um, you're also on Krypton in, in Man of Steel. Yes, that's oh, wow. Man of Steel very much starts out the same way that yeah. Richard Donner's Superman does. Um, <laughs> not really, though. But in in the same way, we start out on Krypton, we see the the politics of Krypton, and we sure. see it starting to break down, and then we see them, we see uh, Jor-El and his well, wife send, send Kal-El away, and then we go to, you know, the uh, Mama and Papa Kent uh, right. finding... 
We uh, have to establish the alien world in order for right. The they establish to see the alien world, and then we get to see the the person be raised. Right. And I like to think that the whole uh, story about um, Zeus, uh, like uh, Ares killing all the gods and killing Zeus, and then Zeus banishing him or like like defeating him enough, weakening him. That's all a lot like the beginning of Richard Donner's Superman when we're on Krypton, and then everything else that takes place on that island is. Um, a lot like the beginning of Richard Donner's Superman when we're when we grow up with Clark when he's a toddler mm-hmm. and when he's a teen mainly when he's a teenager and we go with him on this tiny little journey where he starts to learn a little bit about himself a little bit about who he wants to be and we in turn are learning that about him and that's very much what they do in this and I guarantee this was something that was talked about at the writers table mm-hmm. when they were talking about it. they were like we need to make this one work even before Suicide Squad was an absolute shit show. Right. And Batman versus Superman, right around the time, everybody was realizing that that movie was an absolute garbage can. Right. They were starting to realize, like, we need to make this one work because Justice League is coming out right well, after and it. That- and if we don't at least inspire, because I'm going to see Justice League now. Yeah, me too. I wasn't really going to go see it because I, I, I didn't see Batman trailer. versus Superman in Hold theaters. I didn't second. see Suicide Squad. Holy moly, were there a bunch of bad trailers before this fucking Yeah, movie. there were some shitty trailers. Every trailer was not good. I swear to God, that new Transformers trailer is starting to be ingrained in my psyche. It's, wow. That Wowzers. shot with Mark Wahlberg sitting on the roof of a gas station, though, that says auto is really cool. What See, if that movie's good? It's starting to get into my head. Good? What if it's that movie's good? good? There's no way. Anthony Hopkins, Hopkins says it's great. Yeah, Anthony <laughs> you gotta, it's, that's Anthony Hopkins, man. Um, but, but no. Film I mean, critic Anthony Hopkins. This, this... This movie was very much make or break for the DC film universe. Yep. Like another stink, they couldn't. I don't think they could have gotten away with another stinker. Like Justice League is going to come out no matter what, and that's kind of like. And that, I feel like it, the Flash has already kind of fallen apart behind the scenes. Right. And if like that's this why, didn't make oh, it, well, they might Batman, be like, oh shit. Batman also is falling, falling apart. apart. So if Aquaman's kind of on track, we'll see. That's because they if, got James Wan though, right? If they didn't at least have a minor success with this movie. The rest of the whole DC franchise, I think, would be in question because mm-hmm. Justice Are you League critical success or just money, both. Because money was a guarantee with this movie. Well, they haven't made money on Batman versus no, Superman, they haven't. No, no, no. And they didn't make money on Suicide no. Squad. This is again. That's why I was bringing up like it felt like a little bit like a cash grab because your first female superhero movie. You saw that crowd we were with tonight at the opening. True, it was very mainly. Girls, women that were in between the ages yes. of fucking sixteen and, a lot of mothers and, and forty-five, like yeah. they were in there, definitely. But word of mouth has poisoned the well for a lot. Very much, of yes. Yeah, you're right. These DC movies, and I think if it, they had released a bad movie, they would it would have done the same thing. Like you would have gotten that crowd out there for sure that you're talking about. But I think it would have trailed off very quickly mm-hmm. i'm really happy for him actually and in I, some way i i would like to see this movie do really well because mm-hmm. i think this movie deserves it and that's that's where i think dc is has kind of had a lot of missteps is they are going for that avengers money without earning it without earning it yeah and the avengers if anything they earned they that. put the work in they put the and work they in. got there and and dc is rushing for it and mm-hmm. all of their films i think that they've put out so far it Granted, really is. It's, it's a classic example of that. Of that, uh, you know, 
you, you you would get a movie like Armageddon and Deep Impact would come out from another studio the same year. Right. You know, like you they're would rushing get, to hit the same script. They're trying. They're yeah. like, oh my god, like that's going to be big. We need to feed off of that. Like, let's go. People are going to love that Armageddon movie. They've been working on it for years. It looks great. They're going to do it. Jam this movie out, and everybody will be in like asteroid mode, right. and we'll have Deep Impact, and Elijah Wood will ride like a like a dirt bike or something. Mm-hmm. It's fucking Deep Impact. That's yeah. Okay, sure. Um, have you Armageddon's seen Deep okay. Impact? No. Why would I see Deep Impact? I haven't. Oh, okay. Well, that's unfortunately. Another, that's another day. It's in the binder. It's not on the shelf, though. Okay. okay. So it's like fair enough. I tucked it away. Um, but seeing how well this movie has got has seeing the universally positive reaction to this movie made me very interested mm-hmm. and made me want to see what it looks like when DC pulls off a good movie. Yeah, I'd say even if I like, I liked this movie. I don't think it's fucking amazing. No, absolutely not. Uh, and I agree with you. I like this movie. I liked it's a it. good summer blockbuster Hollywood yeah. action movie. I and liked it. It has some it has great characters that play off each other really well mm-hmm. and it has just enough of like some deeper complexities that you don't usually get in those sort of big blockbuster popcorn Hollywood that movies that aren't Marvel. Yeah. That aren't Marvel. Yeah. I mean, even Marvel. Marvel Fuck you. Don't even get me started with Marvel, man. Marvel, the past movies, man. Marvel just made they, I Guardians, mean, yes. of Guardians of the Galaxy is about family yes. issues yes. and daddy issues. Guardians and of the Galaxy Learning to control your it. ego like buddy. No, and I think yes. and Winter but Soldier, all, like all even, all, even as far back as Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier is very much about uh, wanting to do right and learning how to like be able to go against what you believe to be right because the world around you is changing and people are getting smarter than you while you're just standing around doing the right thing. They're learning how to do the wrong thing and make it look right. There's a lot. Even the first Guardians, like the first Guardians, like made me get over the fact that my own mother has cancer. Right. Like it got me over that. And I don't know if it's gotten to that with anybody else, but it actually made me come to terms with that where I can actually sit down and talk to my mom about it without like blubbering like a little baby. Like Marvel movies are tackling some really intense shit in the first phase. Yeah, not really. They were kind of setting these characters up. More recently, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 2 for all of its shittiness was really kind of dealing with this idea of 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 fathers and loss and and wanting to live up wanting to live up to your the ideas that you believe that your father had for you whether or not those beliefs are true you know there it dealt with some really intense stuff and that whole subplot with whiplash in iron man 2 is the saving grace in my book for Iron Man 2. It's why when I watch all the Marvel movies or when I watch the Iron Man movies, I don't skip Iron Man 2 because I really like the Whiplash character. Mm-hmm. And it's got Sam Rockwell in it, so why wouldn't I watch it? Of course. He's Sam Rockwell. Yeah. But uh, Wonder Woman is good. It's a good movie. Wonder Woman good. Wonder Woman good. Uh, she doesn't do a, She doesn't ask a whole bunch of questions in the movie, though, which I thought was going to be a whole thing, that that was like... I thought that her superpower was asking questions. Like, she, she was always kind of curious. Kinda wondering about things. Yeah, like, that's what yeah. I thought it was. The and then I realized was... that it was the character from the comics. Uh-huh. The joke is even better the second time, I gotta tell you. See, like, yeah, I told yeah. you I'd squeeze it yeah, in there. It's really good. Um, it's, a, it's a good movie, and I really like it. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. It follies and flops and some things. But coming off of the shoulders of Man of Steel, BVS, DOJ... 
It's and way, Suicide Squad. It's way better it is, than those it, it, it is the cream has risen. Like yeah. it is absolutely great. I wonder it's if a, we, it's, it's Citizen Kane compared to those. Well, movies. and that's the thing. I wonder if we put it sort of we are more positively receptive to it because mm-hmm. of how bad those other movies are. Right. Because for me, like I said, I I saw the the reaction to this movie and I said a good Justice League DC movie. Well, I got to see that for mm-hmm. myself. And never mind all the other like baggage that this movie has, but. But I needed to see what it looked like when DC pulled off like a halfway decent movie. And, and you it's... actually like feel good for it. Yeah, like I you do. know, like I rat, I rat on DC. Hey, all I want the movies time. to be good. I want movies to be good. Like I don't want to not like them. Yeah. Why would I want to spend thirteen dollars and go see something that I don't like? Right. Even though I do it all the yeah. time, I just yeah. keep doing it. Which is why I almost went to go see Batman versus Superman because people were shitting on that. Yeah, movie. Yeah. See, I didn't go see it. I so waited for. Hard. I waited to borrow it from a friend's because I was like, I can't give money to this. Because that's the thing. What, I need to what see you it for go, myself at some what you point. Go, exactly. It's what like you go to wreck, see you know? is going to fund future things. And right. getting looping back to that point that I was coming to, Wonder Woman, even if I didn't like this movie, I was going to tell people to go see it. Well, because you want to see I wasn't, more lead. Women. Exactly. Yeah. I, this is an important movie for that reason. It is something that the studios are looking at. Right. Whether or not they're saying that, oh, we've got our own plan and blah, blah, blah. They are looking at this. And the numbers count. And what do and you think Marvel's reaction to this is going to be? Marvel already if, knows what it's doing for the next, like, 15 years. Sure. They've got everything lined up. They just don't know the who's and the when's. They've got everything lined up. Do they up. have you a, think you, a, a female lead protagonist movie coming up? Captain Marvel. When is that slated for? Uh, yeah, in yeah. between uh, Infinity War 1 and 2. Holy fuck. Yeah. Okay. So it's, I mean, they're casting. We're looking at they like, casted what, her. It's Brie Larson, so they're point? getting Oh, there. yeah, right. Okay, I mean, sure. that's why when, when DC announced Wonder Woman, as far as my knowledge, as far as my recollection recollects, uh, when they announced Wonder Woman and DC announced it and the news were like, first female superhero film, it's coming out. Here we go. Marvel was just kind of like, okay. Well, we have the and next they were 10 just, years planned out. Yeah, so they were like, okay, to... whatever. And then, like, immediately after, they were like, by the way, Black Panther movie. And everybody was like, what? And they were yeah. like, yeah, also, too, he's going to be in Civil War. What? That's right. And we got Chadwick. Is that, is that, lost uh, is that Black Panther movie still slated for, is it next year? Or? Black Panther is the next movie after Thor. We get Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Then we get Thor, Thor. Then we get Black, Black Panther. Panther. Um and then after that, uh, I th- then Infinity it, Ward. Yeah, I think it's Infinity, Infinity War. Infinity yeah, Ward. I think it's Infinity, yeah, Infinity War Part War. One. Then we get uh Captain Marvel. Okay. I think there's another Infinity War after that, and then it's another Spider Man. I feel like I'm missing one in there. Surely there's not two. I mean, Spider-Man they launched that. It was easy when there was only like five or six. Now they're doing like three a year, so it's kind of like. Ugh. It's hard it's to keep been, track, yeah, but like for a while. I really like it. You, you I really like. I really like it. For, yeah. I like getting like a, a new Marvel movie. They're still good, and they're they've only been they're, they've on only them. been getting better. But yeah. that's where DC needs to sort of play catch up because Marvel, they got Joss Marvel, Whedon involved now. He's doing that Batgirl. Is, like that's going to be fucking amazing. That is crazy town that yeah. Joss Whedon is. And I mean, like you know, I guess it's it is it is uh, important to point out. The news, in case people don't know about it, that there was um, a terrible tragedy in Zack Snyder's life yes. that has removed him from the directing chair for the uh, post 
of Justice League. They need to go back and they need to reshoot some scenes that Joss Whedon was asked to pen. He wrote these scenes to kind of uh, fix the script a little bit. And You'll be in able the, to in, find them because in the they're going to be funny. Yeah, in, well, in the sense of uh, more kind of grounding it and tying all the different beats and storylines and characters together, I guess they were having a lot of trouble with that because, again, it's super hard to do that. We saw Joss Whedon lose his mind doing that just for a second time. Right. So he came in, he had some beats. He'd done that before. He's not attached to Marvel anymore. And so Zack Snyder has to step away because of a family tragedy. And uh, Joss Whedon is going to step in and direct those scenes that he like worked out with him. And that's the natural progression to it. Something in my brain is not letting me even like believe that. Like it's someone at Disney somewhere had to be like, what? Well, no. Joss is what? No, Kevin Feige. Kevin That's Feige, our dude. No, Kevin Feige has even said, he's like, we want to see a uh, Joss Whedon written and directed Batgirl movie as much as anybody else. Like, we're more than happy for him. I guess maybe. They left on very, they, they, as far as I know, because I don't know them, as far as I have checked it out, uh, they left on, they parted on very good terms, where it was Joss Whedon was just like, I gave you guys what you wanted, and I know that you probably want more, but I really can't do this. And from my point of view of it, it really looks like he's passed a lot of that on to James Gunn, who right. he helped out on Guardians Volume 1 and on Guardians Volume 2. He was You, you can see a lot of Joss Whedon in both those movies. Yeah. Even though the, the brunt of the work is James Gunn's by far, you can definitely tell that he was sitting down, chilling out, uh, drinking some, some cool iced tea. Some Coronas? No, James Gunn doesn't drink. Mm. What? Okay. Yeah. And uh, drinking some cool ice teas and like just rapping about character beats. And you can feel that. And so, you know, I really like the fact that we're going to get two more Avengers movies that aren't from Whedon because we get to see what an Avengers movie looks like from the Russo. Who's helming those? The Russo brothers. Like they made Civil War. So right. we already have gotten, gotten to see what an Avengers movie and is Civil like. Civil War is a fucking Avengers movie. I, I call it, it I call it an Iron Man, Captain America movie and the Avengers are in it. Iron Man, Captain America and about a dozen other superheroes mm-hmm. who happen to be on the Avengers right. or the anti-Avengers. You're, yeah, no, you're, you're not wrong at all. That yeah. it, it, it very much is an Avengers movie. But it's a good one. But we're going to get an Avengers movie proper from them. Better than Avengers 2. Mm-hmm. Let's bring it back to Wonder, uh, Wonder Woman. What? what? Bring it back? Wonder, oh, Wonder, Wonder Woman, the Wonder movie. Woman. The movie yes. we're talking about, yes. right? Yes. Um, you want to go back to that scene? Because uh, the two scenes that really stand out to me probably are the scene on the boat where Chris Pine talking about fucking on the boat yep. are, are yeah they they just you have this big you know they're just off this island where you're talking about gods and Zeus and Ares and like it's very palate cleansing like like just to have a personal moment between these two characters where they're like kind of there's like already sexual tension because obviously they're like two mm-hmm. remarkably beautiful people mm-hmm. on a boat together which I guess the boat is probably on autopilot because they're sailing to London and nobody is actually doing any sort of work on the Well, they end up getting of... picked up by a barge, and the barge tugs them because oh, they're going to London. What? Yeah, remember she wakes up, and he's like, we caught a ride. Made good time. That didn't happen before the... Whatever. Doesn't no, they happen. fell asleep, and while she was asleep, he got up, got a barge, hooked the boat up to the barge. Yes, there are things in this movie that don't make sense. Does it, but, well, it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> the, the thing that matters is that this is a fun... That was a fun personal moment between yeah. the two. Mm-hmm. And it, it also, again, like I said before, I like how Wonder Woman is informed about the world but doesn't have experience in the world. Exactly. And that is perfect. really played off That's well. That's perfect for a character like her. Yeah. yeah. And build, and going off of what you said about, you know, earlier we said that Chris Pine and Gal Gadot have such amazing chemistry in they this. They really do. And that Chris Pine is very hilarious and 
the uh the what you talked about on the boat where it's a good palate cleanser seeing these two together when these two do have their own moments um they're 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 so it's sometimes jarring because you go from like this expansive world that they're trying to teach us and then there's just two people and it's by the charisma of these two actors that you're able to kind of get through that yes. that jarring uh, transition but i really like how these two characters who are both super hot um I'm really having trouble figuring out which one's hotter. Uh, that is a good question. Because Chris Pine has, he's above average. He is well above he's average. He's well above average. Yeah. Um, also a good scene. Very good scene. And I was talking specifically about that scene. We find out where the attraction is going to come between these two. And that's a very important thing for a movie like Wonder Woman. A movie that is trying to do what Wonder Woman is doing. Right. To create this romantic uh this romance between these two characters and not allowed to fall into tropes that most movies fall under right and i think one of the greatest things about that is right up front uh diana is uh half naked all the fucking time yes and which they play they play with it's yeah also, they, they play with that they they show that it's there that it's World a thing like, one whoa this era. is a little different yeah that's it's they're they're covering her yes. up in when she's walking about mm-hmm. london and trying to like and pull off this big coat because that's what she is accustomed to it's fine for her mm-hmm. to be that's how they walk the around it's always sunny yeah they're they live in a island paradise climate so that's how they just how they dress mm-hmm. and i like how they address that when she's walking about london and trying to take off her coat. absolutely and, yeah. and chris pine is like well pull on no cover this up is, cover up <laughs> this is 1918 you mm-hmm. can't do that mm-hmm. yeah and um, it's like this is fantastic beasts you can't you yeah, can't right. walk around and harry like potter that. is right over there right he's virgin eyes you cannot well, Harry Potter's like grandfather. Harry Potter's grandfather's over right there. over there. If he sees yeah. your half-naked body in his little toddler chair. He will have a stroke from the erection mm-hmm. eventually, and he'll never have Harry Potter. And then, Lord, well, that's going to be fucked up that whole oof, time. Okay, when but when <laughs> Diana walks in and sees, um, well, what's uh, Trevor Steve Steve Trevor Steve uh, Chris Pine? Um, when she walks in and sees him, um, he's absolutely naked. Yes, uh, and. The attraction that it's it's all played as jokes and gags, right? And we get we get a, a pretty good dick joke out of a DC movie. I mean, yeah, uh, all the dick joke. jokes out of the DC movies so far have been kind of lackluster. This one's got some oomph to it. Not a big fan of dick jokes. They're okay sometimes. It's fine, um, but I like how these two characters, their relationship, is immediately defined not by how super fuckable both of them are right. and their recognition of how fuckable one another is. Right. It's um, how they treat one another. Uh, well, and Ga- just, uh, Diana no. helps him escape even though she's going against everything that anybody else she knows right. because she believes that what he's saying is the right thing to do. Right. And she likes him because of his sincerity and his sweetness towards her and his his way of just kind of uh, not taking her for granted, not taking advantage of her. You know, there's a moment there where he realizes, and we as the audience realize, like, Diana's a little dim when it comes to the trickery that we're all accustomed to as, right. as humans. We, and he says we that, understand I'm a deception. Spy, my- I'm a liar. That's what's very important about him being a spy in this. Right. Is that it is his job to lie. Right. Just to lie. And having the lasso of truth make him give away these like big lies that he's holding back. We realize that now that he's got nothing to hold back, he's actually a genuinely very good guy right. who tells the truth all the time. 
And he opens up to Diana in a way that is uh, very telling of someone who has a close attraction to somebody, not just a sexual one. Right. Like these two are hot. Yeah, they love to fuck each other. Hot people fuck each other all the time. Mm-hmm. That's why ugly people are so miserable because the hot people are out fucking each other. Right. Sometimes you get lucky. Right. Go on. I just want to meet Chris Pine. Yeah, you, you know, and if I could fine. just get to talk to him, he could see that I'm as I'm as charming okay as well. Yeah, I'm as charming as yeah. he is. Yeah. You know, uh, but I really like that, and that that was a very that's a very uh, that's something to tiptoe around right. in this movie. Right, uh, the romance has to feel well, especially real, especially for a movie that is so much about feminism and a strong female lead character. That romance needs to be believable because mm-hmm. so often. A romance is just shoehorned into a movie like this. Yeah. And because they have that chemistry with each other, because it's believable, it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Want to talk about the bad guys real quick? The bad guys. So I think what I touched on before with World War One being a mess, and Chris Pine even says, like, this war is a mess. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. She says, "Take me to the is, war," and he's like, "Where yeah, exactly well, you want to go?" It's kind of all over the place. The like, front's four hundred miles yeah, long. Right. So it is. It is interesting that they are approaching that subject of this really like senseless human conflict in World War One, and that's why I think it's stronger that they said it in World War One and not World War Two, because you have these themes of humanity is at war with each other because maybe it's their nature. Or we're fighting against her nature. And there's no clear-cut lines between who is evil, who is bad, who is the oppressor. And he says, we're all responsible for this. We all need to take the blame for this. And then you introduce General Ludwig or whatever the fuck his name is. Danny Houston. Danny Houston and his name is Ludendorff. And, (laughs) (laughs) And his evil chemist... Dr. Manu, who is... Dr. Poison. Who are Dr. Poison, who are just like these two, like... Are those actual comic book characters? Because they Uh, seem like... I'm not too familiar. I do know that Dr. Poison is is someone who's just not that big. Okay, whatever. She's not that big. My point is, they feel like really one-dimensional comic book characters in a movie that is trying to portray conflict and human... Um, the human. Uh, they're the exact opposite the of exact Diana. Opposite and and right, but I I like how. It, so at first I was kind of against how you have this conflict where they're trying to, or that I was with that they had this conflict where they were trying to find peace, and then you have this character of Ludendorff who is just evil, seemingly for the sake of evil. Yeah, he it, like he's totally poison. He you're totally wants, supposed to think that he's Ares. Even before our characters go, right? Eureka, he's Ares, which is why uh, immediately I, I was like, I know he's not Ares, right? Of I know, not. I it know is, he's not Ares. Yeah, it's a red herring. And I was like figuring out, I'm like, who's Ares? And David Thewlis's character shows when you up. Say when when they say Ares is the one who does not want to bring about peace. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like there's some sort of bigger mastermind here, and the Ludendorff is just seems like. But that's why I think that yeah, that character it's falls when flat the characters go, aha, uh, Ludendorff is Ares. I go, yeah, dude. We as the audience were already thinking that, but we know that he's not, and that's one of those moments too where it's like it feels really bad that you have to kind of like 
baby step around with the characters right. for like about half an hour because you know that Ludendorff is not Ares. Right. And by that point, if you have absolutely any understanding of how movies work, you know that it's got to be the only other male figure over the age of 40 that's been introduced in the movie. Right. And you go, it's David Thewlis. But I think that is also an important moment for Wonder Woman where she does kill him, Ludendorff, and mm-hmm. realize like, oh, this is not, it's not as cut and dry mm-hmm. as I really thought. But they do make him an equally bad dude so that when she does kill him, there's none of that killer's remorse. No. Because you know? we see no, Chris no. Pine a, and, I, and his totally howling like, commandos like gunning people down left and right, but you very rarely actually see... Uh, Diana uh, smacks somebody down like in a pretty brutal way. Usually she's throwing she's, people she's all like, over the place. Yeah, yeah. She's like but you're not actually like she's got a sword for most of the movie, and right. she's not cutting limbs and and heads no. off. You know, which Logan has spoiled me in that sense, where which, I really notice that that stuff a lot more now. I do want to touch on the action scenes real quick because I yeah. I feel like the CG really feels rushed in this movie. And the mm-hmm. CG mm-hmm. is pretty sloppy. It is. I really don't think there was a reason to make that lasso gl- glow. I find it very distracting. I know that it glows. Yeah, that, I find that, it very that distracting. For me. It's that's just... like I'm I'm starting tiny and we'll get big. You know, there's a moment right there where like literally uh, Wonder Woman looks like Bugs Bunny. Yeah, like she is a... bouncing around like, and it's like, Yeesh. and it, it seems really just really distracting. Works when it's like a golden red suit and he's like blasting like lasers all over the place and you're moving around like a cartoon. Yeah, but when it's like a human being with mostly skin. Right, real skin, and you can tell that like skin is the big shower in CG. You can tell the difference between skin, human skin, human and skin, that, yeah. and a cartoon fabric I mean, and armor and metal and stuff like that. Objects you can't really tell. That's why they work better. That's why the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park look so fucking good because it's real skin. It's not real dinosaur skin, but it's real. They're right there. You can see it. Yeah, and and the way it moves looks. Yeah, that's why you can tell when the Velociraptors are real. Or, or when they're 1994 CGI. Yeah, but even back when they're still on the Amazonian island, like there are moments where they're just training. So they're just they're just doing, they're fighting each other. They're training, but that the the CG yeah, is man. shoehorned. I in really there wish that that stuff looked really. Better. Just kind of breaks the whole. It just it's very noticeable. Mm-hmm. And I think the worst thing that you can say about CG, unless it's like space lasers, is it's noticeable CG, and mm-hmm. I think that goes to your point. When it's skin, when it's people not wearing skin, makeup, is very clothes. hard. Light, you want it to be dark. That's why a lot of the CGI in Guardians of the Galaxy works out so good, is because they do a lot of it uh, at night when it has to do with people. Right. Uh, when you do it at during the daytime, like when they get to Ego's planet, when they get to Ego, um, they it's it's all bright, but Ego's planet is entirely. CGI, right? So you really can't tell. Yeah, but and you, you can separate. do an environment yeah. in CGI. That's Environments why, are very easy when you're seeing something that's supposed work. to move a certain way that our eyes are used to, and that's why well, I honestly, human beings. I honestly do believe that CGI will never ever. It keeps getting better. They keep making it better. I get it. I don't think it's ever going to get there because well, we, our eyes are growing well, with it as it gets better, and we're Valley. getting better and better. You know, yeah. you'll never have a a, a CG face. That you will convincingly, that you can convince somebody is an actual real right. person's face. I mean, the Social Network did it real good, but they used tricks like lighting and like well, headgear and stuff like that you to can, fix that on there. Because the first time I saw that, I thought that those guys were actually twins. I thought they were twin actors. You can use CG as you a sort that. of 
I have never seen the social. The network. social network? No. D- Robbie. Don't. That is that. one of the best movies of the 21st century so far. Yeah. Dude, you would but love honestly, the Social Network. Honestly, look honestly, at me. You would love it. You would love it. You'd love it, hands down. Fuck Jesse Eisenberg. Oh no, that's the movie that he's the best in. He's made for that. Uh, oh, you gotta borrow it. I'm letting you borrow. If it. Fuck anything, this. that is convincing me not to see it even more. You need to see I that movie. That is such a good movie. Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, uh, that's it. We're doing an over drinkers on the Social Network. Ugh, I'm gonna throw up. We're doing it. I, we need to talk more about Wonder Woman because we're an hour in, and let's I think do we've, it. We've danced all the way around. Wonder so yeah, Woman. the bad guys. I mean, uh, the yeah. the two little ones. You know, Doctor Poison and and Lufenberger. Like they're. Um, they're they're like you know they're the polar opposites of the ideals that Diana stands for. They're good bad guys. William Defoe's Green Goblin. They're it's just good. a complete opposite of what's going on. He the, gets these powers and he goes, "I'm a fuck shit up." Whereas Spider Man gets these powers pretty much from the same company and goes, "What can I do to help people?" With I these? like them. I mean, as, he tries to be selfish at first, but his own his own morals can't do that. I like them as red herrings to teach Wonder Woman that these things are. Not often as black and white. As Absolutely, yeah. They work as well as that. Like through the content context of the film, right? We're meant to be. <coughs> um, uh, Lumpen uh, Berger is he's the he's the bad guy, uh-huh. and so we're meant to be the idea. We're meant to think the ideals that he's got are the ideals that are in direct opposition of our right. heroes. He's Ares, and under exactly, her he's Ares. As soon as she kills him, all violence. And then away. when we get the reveal that. Actually, Lupin is Ares. Yeah. We get Professor we, Lupin. It's actually, it's actually, you know, like, and I saw it coming a mile away. But when they do it, they actually do handle it very well with just the right Burge amount of cheese. There was just enough cheese in there. for Well, me. I did really like how they started off showing him behind the glass. The glass, and as she moves, and yeah. he's kind of moving around the glass, yeah. and then we we slowly start to learn about his powers throughout this choreographed kind of like. Uh, fight monologue, fight monologue. Right. I like that. That's and very comic booky, and it's really cool. It up ends... until he gets the armor, and they're actually fighting. Like yeah, that's that's yeah. where this movie There's breaks things down. Things I to... dig about the armor, and I love how he puts his fingers in there and like bleeds it out. I wish they paid a little bit more attention to that. But it just does not look. It good. doesn't look right. Yeah, no. it doesn't look. And good. and I like that. That's what I would say about this movie. First and foremost, when they have those moments where characters can talk to each other. Mm-hmm. It's great, you know when you can naturally, and it doesn't out, feel like you know, like the, I'm going to tell you my whole master plan. It's like no, he's got things that he actually no, wants he to actually say to Diana. Feels yeah. this way, and he is. This is like convince, the only family that he's got. Technically. He's trying to convince Diana of his worldview, and it com- directly convicts, um, contradicts what she has been raised to believe, and it even contradicts what she is starting to learn on her own. Yeah. But when they actually he's kind start... of a, an absolute Definitely. to the he's lessons that the, yeah 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 I didn't I didn't yeah you're yeah. right absolutely yeah he he she's been learning about the 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 black and the white and the gray she's been learning about the gray that right. there's gray in there and Aries very much is like a, a symbolic mastermind of that he, he is can... he is this guy who is like I am doing this for reasons that I believe to be correct but his reasons do have merit to them because he is showing he she has just seen all of the things that humanity has wrought Mm -hmm. in the one of the you know the biggest conflicts of of that's they say they say that line in the movie the less she knows uh or the more she knows the quicker he'll He'll find find her her. right and And there's a very big reason why he 
um, why uh, Lupin is in, you know, London. He's in his own office, and then all of a sudden he's there right. for the reveal. Right. And it's because when he, as soon as he saw her, he knew exactly who she was. Right. And he's like, I could have killed you right there, but I wanted you to see. I want you to join me. I want you to see what I'm doing. And I knew that. And that's why he sends them out there. Right. And I like that idea where it turns from like this kind of, how are they going to be able to pay for this? That's why he shows up. He's like, I can do this for you. Yeah, I'm right. a good guy. And they're right. like, he's such a good guy. You actually find out that he's doing that because he wants Wonder Woman to see the front. He wants her to go through these experiences with these men who have seen the darkness and like the, the very bad side of war. Because she looks at war as like this triumphant thing, as this thing that she can march into and she can win. This is where I want to go into the scene where they're around the campfire and talking. Was it when they're around the campfire? This is the scene where um, everybody's got their fight. Everybody's got their fight, and that is such a good scene. Oh, it's so good because it it shows you like the 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 consequence of human conflict and how and and I really liked how they fleshed out those characters of Samir wanting to be an actor, and they show Spud singing in the in the cafe. Mm-hmm. You know, like the. They have their own place outside of war, and it shows kind of the impact that war has had on these people. Yeah, yeah, which it's was just, a very human just, human yeah, moment yeah, in this superhero movie. It's a very good lesson for Diana to learn, and it's a very good thing for it's a very good thing to remind the audience of right who's and, about to learn these lessons of the movie with Diana to te- to tell them like it's not about each it's not about one individual person; it's about all of us. But never forget that each individual person is going through their own shit. Right. And she applies that lesson at the very end when she is talking to Ares and she says, you're right. They are prone to violence. They are everything that you say they are and everything that you hate about them and everything that makes you want to eradicate them. But there's so much more. There's so much more. There's so much more. The good and the bad, it's all the beauty Right. That that she sees in humanity and and having her be the hero that sees that is great. And I think that's why it works really well as an origin story, because what you said at the closer to the top, her thing, Wonder Woman's thing is her compassion. And I think in this movie, they do a really good job of showing how she gets that compassion mm-hmm. for humanity specifically. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and, you know, they had to kill off Steve Trevor. That's his name. Yeah. Um Chris, Pine. Chris Pine's character, uh, because Which is, obviously he can't of course, be there. Of course, he's a World War One era, like the same reason that they yeah, had to you... kill off Captain America's love interest in... Well, did you ever watch uh, Agent Carter? No. It's awesome. Okay, sure. But whatever. Just saying. Sure. But it's really a bummer they had to kill off Chris Pine that Yeah, that scene, because I, I'll he be honest, so it hit good. me a little bit. It did. And I'll be honest, I really wish that they hadn't gone back and showed us what he said. I really liked that we couldn't hear what he said. And mm. I was trying to read his lips to figure it out. Like, oh, do, do they want us to read his lips to figure it out? And I really liked that his last words were kind of lost on her. And Yeah, but what would that really serve? Other than being 
vague in a way that, that it's nice her, to see her decisions like that. that she had made leading up to that had led to the moment like her decision to go off and not do what he was asking her out of her own spite towards him saying like you don't get to tell me what to do when he actually just had all of their best interests at heart going off and killing um lumper right when she kills him and realizes that it's not him aries actually shows up and because they didn't take the time to plan out exactly how to do it, now the gas is ready to go and it's about to get launched up. In a way, she did cause the events that mm-hmm. led to him having to take the sacrifice and take the hit and do it. And right. she understands that. And I think that holding back um, his final words to her and maybe having her at least understand that the last words were I love you because we can even tell that when he says it first. We sure. can see that it's I love you. We get the general statement because she he gives her the watch, the watch. and we can I I I re, I just really you know that I think that's the the Whedon fan in me. I yeah. like the darkness. I like the kind of I like the kind of shit that sticks with you after a character dies and it doesn't matter what they do to retcon it. It'll always stay with you. I mean, there are deaths in Buffy and Angel that to this day, I'll just think about while I'm driving a car and I just start like freaking out. And like, I can't do it anymore. I can't go to yeah. work. Like it's, And I, I liked stuff like that. And I, I found it just morbid enough for a DC movie. Yeah. Because this I, movie isn't as morbid as the other DC movies. And I no. thought maybe that was their little thing that they were throwing in there. I, I Snyder like, thing. I like how much time they spend with Chris Pine on the plane when he's about to pull the trigger and blow himself up. Oh, it's because beautiful. Because they really... Because they let that, they that know, scene breathe. They know we're in love with that character yeah. by them. They know it because he's been given great lines, great moments. He's he's treated the character with respect that we want the character to be treated with when everybody else has been throwing it around. We like that character. We know that guy. We right. want to be that guy. Right. And when they kill him... When he decides to to give his to give his life to save just random people, which they make a huge point of it. It's like if it goes that way, it kills these people. If it goes that way, it kills these people. Right. It's not meant for any one like culture or any one people. Like it's gonna do that. And he's like, fifty miles, huh? Fly it right up. Yeah. And they stick with him and you get to see him realize which what obviously his, he does what not his... actually go fifty miles up, but he does. 50 miles up? He doesn't go 50 miles up, you don't think? Maybe I'm doing the math wrong here, but whatever. Doesn't matter. That's fine. Um, he, uh, he, he, he fulfills what his dad told him, which I think is also a very good lesson, is when something bad happens, you can either do nothing or you can do something. And he says he says that he tried nothing and it did and which it I thought was something that they were gonna touch on more with his that's, character and I that's very much what's going on in that scene yeah. and I like that they didn't say it again yeah and I I, I honestly expected him to just be like well here's something no and that's like why the right scene before, that's why the scene works so well it's is just you see him it is just he realizes face. it there's yeah. no one there to say it there's no one there to say it to right he, which is why it works he realizes I just did something. I just saved a lot of people and I gave up everything that I've been fighting for for so long to be able to make sure that my friends are okay Mm -hmm. and that's enough. And you get to see him realize that's enough Mm -hmm. and he smiles at it and it's great. And it's just like, for fuck's sake, Chris Pine, like he's so good. I've been following this motherfucker since Bottle Shock. 
Like it's he's he's phenomenal. When he got cast as Captain Kirk, I was like, yeah, yeah. And he's the reason I keep going to see these movies. You know, like I I, I really like Beyond, and I love the 2009 one. Fucking detest Into Darkness, but he he Is makes those movies fun. One? It's the second one. It's the, the second con, one. The con one. The okay. Quote unquote. Yep. Sure. I need everybody to hear my really angry quotes around the word. Yeah, you con. can hear your fingers like swooping through the air as you do that. Yeah. This movie's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. You should go see it. Yeah, Definitely go see it in theaters because this is one that you want to see with a crowd. Yeah. I, we probably should have said that at the top. but it's, uh, <laughs> Go see the movie again. Yeah. Go see it again. Go see it now that we've talked into detail about it. But um, Well, I do know that we have those listeners out there that don't go see movies unless we like them and they listen to our whole podcast where we just spoil it and then they go see it. Yeah. Takes, that, all, takes all those, kinds. Are those real people? Those are real people. Okay. We have many of those. Many. Many. Like, this is news know, to me like that we have six many of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, six. I guess it's more than a few. Um, well, thank you for joining me today. Oh, you're Birch. very welcome. I was um, really happy to go see this one. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling more positive about the fate of the DC universe going forward. Hopefully. We'll see. We'll see. I mean. Hopefully. If not, hey, at least we got a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. All right. That's going to be it. Thank you out there for listening. I'm Jack Kolodzewski. I'm Mike Birch. Peace. Bye. Um, so, okay. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You want me to host? It's your show. It's my show. It's your show. Don't tell me that. <laughs> Straight to my head. It's your show. That big head of yours. <laughs>